The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 113 Israel Torn in Two Before Solomon died, he appointed his son Rehoboam to rule in his stead. Israel mourned the death of Solomon, then gathered in the town of Shechem for the anointing of the next king. Jeroboam had re-entered his homeland as soon as he heard of Solomon's death, and he was in attendance at the ceremony. What Ahijah the prophet told him still lingered in his mind, even as he saw the young prince ascending to the throne. Rehoboam expected a somewhat better public reception than he received at his inauguration. When he came before the people, the cheering was muted. The crowd did not greet him with the same enthusiasm his father received when he became king. As Rehoboam surveyed the crowd, he saw a delegation coming toward the platform where he stood. Jeroboam was at the head of the group of high-ranking, well-respected men from all the tribes of Israel. I have a petition for you, King Rehoboam, from all the people of Israel, said Jeroboam, looking up at him. The men behind him stood with determination, looking evenly at the new king. Rehoboam was irritated by this intrusion upon this day his day, but he felt he had little choice but to hear Jeroboam out. Speak then, he commanded. Your father Solomon did a great deal of public work, as you know, Jeroboam began. He financed his projects for years with heavy taxes on the people of Israel. Men of Israel were even pressed into hard labor for these ventures. His taxes and the labor levies lie on the land like a great yoke pressing down on your people. Unrest has been brewing for some time because we can't continue like this. Jeroboam stepped a little closer to the platform, spreading his hands in appeal. We ask respectfully that you lower the taxes and stop this drafting of forced labor. Lighten our burden, and we will gladly serve you, he concluded. Rehoboam had grown up somewhat spoiled with all of the privilege of royalty and none of the responsibility. He was annoyed by this request and quickly thought of how he could regain the initiative after this very public demand. An idea came into his mind. I appreciate your concerns and I want to help you, he said, managing to maintain an appearance of interest. Let me take counsel from my advisors and think about this decision. Come back in three days and I will have your answer. Jeroboam nodded. 
he had expected something like this. Thank you, O king, he said. We will return in three days to hear your answer. He and his delegation turned and walked back through the crowd, which parted before them. A low murmur came from the people as they considered what had just happened. Rehoboam followed through on his promise by taking the suggestion to his counselors. First, he went to the older men who had counseled his father throughout his reign. Your father taxed the people very heavily indeed, they said. You have an opportunity to win a great deal of goodwill from the people by lowering the taxes and stopping the forced labor. If you do this right at the beginning of your reign, the people will support you more readily in the years to come. After this, Rehoboam went to the younger nobles, who were around his own age and more similar to the king in their thinking and outlook. The old men told me to concede to the people's request, he told them. What do you think? Don't listen to those old men. Their time has passed a long time ago, said one of the young men. The people haven't had too much hardship. They just want to see how far they can push you. The others nodded, agreeing. Another spoke up. That's right. I believe you should teach them a lesson for even having the audacity to ask this of you. Really? How would I do that? Asked Rehoboam. The idea interests him because it appealed to his vanity and sense of superiority. Well, they want taxes lowered, don't they? And forced labor taken away? Tell them you'll increase it. Tell them you'll make them wish they were under your father again. Crush this unrest before it starts. You have to keep them under your thumb or you'll never get anything out of them ever again, the young man replied. The biblical account does not show Rehoboam seeking advice from God through his prophets. Rehoboam came out to speak with Jeroboam on the third day, just as he had said. Word had spread, and a crowd gathered to hear what the king would say. The delegation walked toward the king, Jeroboam at the head. Jeroboam saw the look on the king's face and immediately got a strong feeling about what was going to happen. The new king let the crowd quiet for a few seconds then looked around disdainfully. I have consulted with my counselors and made my decision about the taxes and the forced labor, Rehoboam began. He paused, letting the tension build. You have said that my father was hard on you, he continued, but I do not think he was hard enough. From now on, I will lay taxes on you greater than any that came before in my father's reign. I have great things to build, and I will need money for them. Some of you complained about the forced labor. You're only complaining because you're lazy. You don't want to work. In the old days, you would only be beaten with regular whips. But now, my overseers will use metal-tipped whips. That ought to stir you to work. 
don't come to me with complaints of this kind anymore. I have a kingdom to run, and I need you to support it with your taxes and your labor. You will support it one way or another. A hum of indignation began to rise from the crowd as they muttered to themselves and their neighbors. The crowd grew louder and louder and some pressed toward the king. Jeroboam, the leader of the delegation, held up his hand. The crowd stopped. Thank you for hearing us out, sir, Jeroboam said. Outwardly, he appeared dejected, but inside, he was exultant. Rehoboam considered him for a moment, then turned his back and walked inside. Jeroboam did not waste the golden opportunity Rehoboam had given him. He began to talk to the people to stir their discontent. He turned them away from the throne of David that had quite recently united the nation and presided over its most prosperous period. Influenced by Jeroboam's disloyalty, most of the tribes rebelled against the house of David. Only Benjamin and Judah stayed with Rehoboam. The young king persisted in thinking the people would submit to his rule and the extra burdens. He sent his chief tax collector, Adoram, to speak to the people's representatives. A few hours later, a messenger came rushing into his chambers. What news do you bring? asked Rehoboam, disturbed by the man's look of fear. Adoram has been stoned to death, the messenger replied. Israel refuses to pay your taxes. The representatives of the tribes have rejected your reign. He took a deep breath, steadying himself to give the king the unwelcome truth. We are in the throes of a full-scale rebellion. The people are already pouring into Shechem. A crowd is forming in the city and the people demand to speak with you. Rehoboam brooded for a moment. He had not expected this outcome. The thought of being taken by an angry mob scared him. Adoram's fate could easily become his own. Bring me my chariot, he finally commanded his servant. I am leaving. Rehoboam fled the city of Shechem to Jerusalem. Within his own tribe of Judah, he did not need advisors to tell him that his days were numbered if he stayed in Shechem. It was obvious from the mood of the people that the counsel he had received from his peers was wrong. The citizenry had suffered for Solomon's sins, and they were unwilling to suffer any longer. Once he was back in Jerusalem, Rehoboam worked to solidify his hold over Judah and Benjamin, preparing for the day he would march triumphantly back to rule the ten rebelling tribes. Meanwhile, the ten tribes selected Jeroboam to be their king, just as God had prophesied, Jeroboam held the ten tribes, while Rehoboam kept only a small part of Israel to keep God's promise to David. 
The leadership Jeroboam had shown during the tax crisis convinced people that he was the right man for the job. Once he went home, Rehoboam realized how serious the situation was. Reports of how quickly the tribes were turning to Jeroboam's leadership reached him. Rehoboam decided to make a strike at the rebellious tribes quickly before they could get organized. He mustered the forces of Judah and Benjamin to march on the ten tribes of Israel. The king gathered 180,000 men of the two southern tribes to form a great army to fight the rebellion. Just before they marched on Israel, however, the prophet Shemaiah came to Rehoboam with word from God. Do not fight against your brothers in the northern tribes. Go home to your families and do not try to go against what has been foreordained. This rebellion is from me. If you persist in this, I will bring a great punishment upon you. Rehoboam still had enough respect for God to listen to his warning, so he sent the army home. In so doing, he prevented civil war. God had offered Jeroboam an opportunity to prosper as king of the northern kingdom of Israel. However, it hinged on Jeroboam's obedience. And right from the beginning, Jeroboam revealed a terrible hostility for the house of David, which God had established, cut off from that throne. The northern kingdom was destined to experience a very troubled existence. One of Jeroboam's first acts as king was to rebuild Shechem, which he proclaimed as the seat of government for the new kingdom of Israel. Abimelech's rebellion during the time of the judges had left it in ruins. Jeroboam created new walls and fortifications around the city, revamped the architecture, and built new administration buildings. At the same time, he fortified Penuel, an important gateway for caravans headed to Damascus and other important foreign cities. This town sat east of the Jordan on the Jabuk River, right on a main caravan route. He was able to keep an eye on the traffic headed for Jerusalem from Penuel, giving him a good source of intelligence on Rehoboam's kingdom and a source of leverage if he needed it. Even with these fortifications and preparations, Jeroboam still didn't feel secure. One thing bothered him. Jerusalem had been the religious center of Israel for a long time, and it housed the temple of God. Jeroboam thought that if the people kept returning to Jerusalem for the annual festivals, he would quickly lose his grip on the kingdom, as they would start to be more attracted to Judah. Instead of looking to God for help, and showing obedience to the one who had put him in office, Jeroboam led the people away from God. And he did so in a way that was deeply irreverent 
and deceitful, creating satanically inspired counterfeits that would divert people's energies and hearts away from the true religion. Jeroboam set up golden calves in the towns of Bethel and Dan as places of worship for the people. A proclamation went out to the people from the seat of government in Shechem. Messengers brought Jeroboam's decree for religious worship to all the outlying areas in Israel, and all the people read it. For too long, you have been forced to travel long distances to keep the feasts in Jerusalem, it read. I have set up places of worship in Bethel in the south and Dan in the north to make it easier for you to travel and keep the feasts. There are images there that represent the gods that brought you from Egypt. The priests will help you with anything you need and instruct you in proper service to your gods. The priests mentioned in the decree were not Levites. Jeroboam did not trust the Levites because they had historically been loyal to the family of David and still served the true God of Israel. He ousted them and most of them went south to Judah and Jerusalem where they continued to serve in the temple of God. In their stead, Jeroboam set up a priesthood composed of the lowest of the people, men who were loyal only to the money he paid them. Sadly, instead of standing up for what was right, the people quickly turned from God and back to the calf images that had been such a plague for them throughout their history. Jeroboam had changed things to some extent, but he still wasn't happy with how far he had gone. The tradition of going to Jerusalem to keep the Feast of Tabernacles still held some claim among the people, even beyond it being a command from God. The king foresaw the people wanting to go to Jerusalem for this celebration. In a final break from the law of God, he claimed that the date of God's fall festival was changed to the 15th day of the 8th month, during the time we now know as Halloween. Jeroboam then set himself up as Israel's high priest, trying to solidify his hold over the kingdom by uniting church and state. The spirit of his defiance against God and the throne of David and his exalting of his own traditions in their place is very much alive in our world today. The rejection of God's laws, commanded methods of worship and holy days has happened over and over again since the beginning of human history. Men continuously reject the days God established. These festivals, however, will soon be enforced when Christ returns to earth, as will all of God's laws. False religion will be eliminated, replaced by true worship 
of the one true God. One day, as Jeroboam was burning incense at a worship service in Bethel, a man walked out of the crowd toward him. Astonished at the man's impudence, Jeroboam opened his mouth to say something, but was interrupted. I have come from the kingdom of Judah with a message from God, the man shouted to the assembled crowd and the king. God says that a child of the house of David will be born, a man by the name of Josiah. He will come to this altar, but instead of incense, he will burn the bones of these false priests who are sacrificing here. This stunning prophecy came precisely to pass some 360 years later. God fulfilled his promise, just as he always does. God gives a sign of this prophecy today, continued the prophet. This also will split, and the ashes will pour out of it onto the floor. Seize this man, shrieked the indignant Jeroboam, pointing at the prophet. He has blasphemed our gods and our temple. When Jeroboam tried to withdraw his arm... It would not move. Astonished, he looked at his arm. It was shriveled, wrinkled, and as pale and stiff as dead flesh. The soldiers closed in on the prophet. Suddenly, there was a loud cracking and chattering as the altar split apart, pouring the ashes all over the floor. Jeroboam's knees went weak. Ask your God to make my arm whole again, he begged the prophet. I didn't know that you were telling the truth. Forgive me. The soldiers stepped back from the prophet. The man fulfilled Jeroboam's request and pleaded for God to heal the king's arm. Within seconds, the withered arm returned to its normal shape. Jeroboam was grateful to have the use of his arm back. At the same time, he wished to ask this man more about what God had prophesied. Come with me now, invited Jeroboam. I want to reward you for beseeching God to heal my arm. You can eat and drink in my house and be my guest. I wouldn't do that for even half of your kingdom, replied the prophet sternly. God told me before I came here not to eat or drink in this pagan place. I wouldn't even go back the way I came. He warned me that people would wish to do me harm. Jeroboam unhappily let the man go. The prophet left the temple untouched by anyone. The people parted before him, although he was followed by muttering and grumbles. In Bethel, an old prophet lived who had once been loyal to God, but had been corrupted when the country turned to idol worship. Two of his sons had been at the temple in Bethel, 
and had seen the amazing events of the day. They returned home and told their father what had happened. Where did he go? I must ride out and meet him, said the old man. His children pointed out the direction the man had gone, and he saddled a donkey and went after the prophet. To be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church.